There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Podcast Network Asia. Welcome to She Talks Peace, a podcast that highlights the role of women peace builders around the world in bringing lasting peace and security to communities. Eavesdrop on their communities and get to know their stories. From the Philippines to Malaysia, from Indonesia to Palestine, from Myanmar to the United States, their dreams and hopes for a world without violence and a world where every woman and girl can be whoever she wants to be. Hosted by Amina Rasul Bernardo, President of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy. This is She Talks Peace. I mean, if you're going to attack a, a senator like Laila De Lima, and you're going to make charges that she's into uh, drug trafficking, What's her sex life got to do with it? Salam, everyone. Hello, hello. Welcome to She Talks Peace. I'm Amina Rasul of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, joining you from Manila. My partner, Ayesa Abubakar, Professor Ayesa Abubakar, uh, is still recovering from uh, her surgery and will be unable to join us. So it's uh, I'm by my lonesome today. As we tape, we are in the middle of Women's Month, and there are all kinds of uh, activities, celebrations, forums, celebrating Women's Month. In the Philippines, the Philippine Commission for Women is celebrating Women's Month with the theme, We for gender equality and inclusive society. And uh, when they say we, they mean women empowerment. So that's, that's pretty cool. Now, the PCW, the Philippine Commission on Women, has made this their recurring theme until 2028. So I suppose the Philippine Commission on Women uh, is trying to set a goal for themselves to move up the participation of women year by year. And I certainly hope that uh, we will see definite uh, results. Do you think that's possible? Here in the Philippines, we have had major support by the population for women leaders. We have had uh, an icon for democracy, the late President Corazon C. Aquino. We had uh, we have had a second uh, female president, Gloria Macapagal Arroyo. We have had two female vice presidents. We have had uh, Vice President Lenny Robredo from the previous administration, and uh, for this administration, 
we have Vice President Sarah Duterte. So I can't help but feel that things are looking up in terms of women's participation, at least here in the Philippines. So I thought maybe I'd check out the web for news about what's going on with women political leaders elsewhere. And would you know it, the first uh, a few uh, news items I saw were not that great. I saw, for instance, on um, a news source called The Fast Mode, the title, Online Harassment of Women in Politics. And this is about the research being done on raising awareness for the situation, the problems faced by women who are active in politics. And nearby in Japan, the BBC carried a news item from four days ago about the female mayor in Tokyo fighting Japan's sexist attitudes. And it seems that uh, there are also other women uh, in Japan who have braved the political uh, terrain and often indicate the prevalence of harassment for female politicians. That is quite uh, telling, don't you think, even as we now celebrate uh, Women's Month and in many events we celebrate the accomplishment of women who have broken the barrier. Well, my friend and colleague, Dr. Socorro Reyes, talked to her friends and admirers, has been quite busy drumming up support against the harassment of uh, women political leaders, as well as for greater participation of women in politics and governance. Recently, she has been collecting signatures for the release of Senator Laila de Lima, who has been incarcerated for so many years now. And uh, Sok, who is an author, researcher, women's rights activist, has also been down to my neck of the woods, to Muslim Mindanao, trying to get women's political participation supported by the regional government. She's been uh, having discussions with uh, women advocates and officials about the election code for this Bangsamoro Autonomous uh, Regional Government for Muslim Mindanao. Sok is perfectly suited to do that because she is the regional, uh, the regional governance advisor of the Center for Legislative Development International. She has been senior advisor to the government of Pakistan uh, when she was with UNDP. And she has been the chief of Asia Pacific and Arab states uh, supporting gender programs in the United Nations, in UN Women in New York. So I'm sure she'll have a lot to say about this subject matter so close to her heart. Welcome to She Talks Peace. Welcome again to She Talks Peace, Dr. Sok. Thank you. Thank you very much, Amina. And uh, it's really a great uh, opportunity to be with you again in this podcast especially to talk about uh, women's political participation. 
I just have one uh, qualification to make about uh, women political leaders. I think we have to go beyond numbers because uh, while true, uh, we in the Philippines have had, uh, you know, women presidents and vice presidents, we cannot really say that uh, they uh, have all pushed for gender equality and for women's rights. So uh, I think we have to be a little bit more um, careful about, uh, you know, uh, claiming that in the Philippines, uh, we are in a better place. Before you go on that, uh, on that thought, uh, so what, what I'm really encouraged about is that the population don't seem to have this hang up anymore about having uh, women political leaders at the highest office. So in that sense, it's not bad for mm, the Philippines. Yeah, sure. so the quality sure. of leadership, yeah. that's something else. That's another topic that we could discuss. Yeah. So you were saying so. You were saying. Yeah, I was saying that. Uh... In the Philippines, well, it is true that uh, compared to other countries, we have had, uh, you know, our population electing women political leaders. Um, we also have to look at, you know, the kind of leaders that we are electing. In the House of Representatives, for example, though uh, we are like 27 to 30% uh, of women elected, uh, as uh, members of the House of Representatives, we also know that most of them come from political families. We also know that uh, they are just warming the seats of their husbands or their sons or their brothers who have reached the three-year, you know, term limit. And, uh, and, and, and there's many other examples, but you're right. I mean, you know, uh, the, Filipino voters seem not to be hung up anymore on uh, electing women uh, political leaders, but we'll, we still have to advocate uh, for yeah. the election of uh, women who yeah. uh, will really advance, espouse, advocate, and really work on the women's yeah. agenda. Let's go to a region where there are still hang-ups because you are recently there. You were working, you know, on the Bangsamoro uh, electoral code. So, yeah. so tell us uh, your impressions, Sok, because I gather that you had yeah. some very radical ideas that you were pushing uh, for the electoral code. Tell us about that. You know, the electoral code, by the way, has already been passed. Yes, it's already enacted, right. and right. Um, we, we, I mean, not we, but the. Women, the women advocates uh, in BARM, uh, groups like, for example, uh, We Act 1325 and several other women's groups uh, were really advocating for an electoral system that will adopt what we call the zipper proportional representation system because, you, you know, the Bangsamore Transition Authority, uh, the, um, the electoral system is very unique. Because there you have 50% of the 80 member, but Bangsamore Transitional uh, Authority elected through proportional representation, meaning to say political parties get the number of seats proportional to the votes that they receive. 
And then 40% will be from individual districts and 10% sectoral representation. So we were saying that, oh, wow, you know, uh, BARM really presents an opportunity for women uh, numbers uh, to ramp up. And so we said that, uh, why don't you uh, adopt the zipper for uh, proportional representation, meaning to say that uh, women and men will alternate in the list and that this will be a closed list, meaning to say you cannot, uh, you know, jumble it uh, depending on how many votes or seats the party will get. Unfortunately, um, they didn't agree with us. But, uh, you know, let's just count uh, initial successes from, uh, you know, the 10%. They said uh, preferably 10% of the, the party lists uh should be women, it's now become 30%. So that's, you know, we can start with that's that number. Bad. Yeah, that's yeah, we, we, we can start with this with that number. And so right now, uh, the advocacy you know, shifts to political parties. In other words, if you cannot have it in the electoral code, then you might have voluntary, you know, party quotas from political parties. At any rate, that's really how it was done. In the Nordic countries of, you know, Sweden, of Norway, of Denmark, it's really voluntary party quota. So I uh, think it has now to shift. You know, the advocacy has now to shift to uh, the regional political parties. And, you know, BARM is very interesting because yeah. uh, BARM, you know, it's, it's, it's a federal uh, parliamentary system in a unitary presidential Mm -hmm. you know, uh, set up. So very, very interesting. So now um, I think that uh, the women should focus on regional political parties, which, by the way, uh, requires that at least 10,000 people sign up uh, for a political party to be a regional political party. And of course, the question is, where will you get that 10? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. And as you mentioned earlier, here in the Philippines, although we may have... Uh, accomplished you know, the election of many women into office, still um, many of them are daughters, uh, wives, sisters, mothers of, of uh, elected leaders who have uh, you know, met their term limits and need to stop for a term. So when you were in... Uh, in the in the Bangsamoro region, having discussions with uh, with women, do you have any sense of whether, especially the young uh, women, would actually actively participate and throw their 
uh, hijab, as you will, into into the ring? Or do you think traditional politics is still going to uh, predominate? Traditional politics remains very strong. And uh, the women I've talked to, and these are young women, uh, say that, uh, you know, in the Quran, and I don't claim to be any uh, master of the Quran, it, that uh, if there are qualified or righteous men to lead, then they should. And the women step in when you no longer have this uh, righteous man. But they said, for uh, women's organizations, of course, it's the women, you know, who should take the lead. So there's still that, uh, you know, that, that, that um, strongly held view that, you know, the men are the more qualified. If they're there, then they should be the leaders. However, I can also see, especially for um, the IPs, you know, mm-hmm. uh, indigenous the, people. Yeah, the, the non moral IPs, the women are quite, you know, um, quite, quite, quite assertive. And also, I think uh, more and more women are really into education um, rather than, you know, getting married off early. So we, 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 we have some hope there. And really, uh, it's the young people. I, uh, I mean, I also like to, uh, to share that uh, in the, uh, field research that uh, I did for uh, Basulta. Talk, by the way, to women combatants. They they said that um, while they were also engaged quite, uh, quite, quite, quite strongly in this uh, fight for independence, when it came to the normalization or the decommissioning process, uh, if a couple, if are both combatants, only the guy, only the man, you know, receives the hundred thousand uh, pesos right. that is uh, provided. So, and and these uh, women I talked to, by the way, are quite you know strong, very decisive, very. They have been know, left out. They have they are left out, and uh, you know it's also interesting that uh, while they appreciate ayuda or assistance from government, right. You know, right? They 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 feel that they should not be dependent, that they should be empowered, that they just don't need all these little livelihood projects. They need jobs. I visited Camp Darapanan in Maguindanao. And yeah, the women, of course, have some livelihood sources, like sari-sari stores, no? Varieties, more small stores. Right. But they uh, there are like, 12 of them or 20 of them, you know. How do you, you sell the same stuff, you know. You compete right. with each other. So what really, so I think uh, going back to our uh, subject matter of political participation, um, yeah, it's still uh, very traditional. However, I also uh, think that the young people, the young women are saying that, you know, we need number one. We need jobs, and to get jobs, we need education. And uh, you know, um, but we have still to dis disabuse their minds from well, if there are men who are righteous and qualified, then the men should be the one to run. I th- but that's I think that can be handled, you know, because they are also very active now. Now oh, let's go oh, to definitely. the national level, so, and let's talk about whether there's hope for one of your favorite uh, favorite senators, Senator yeah. Laila. Tell us what's what's going on. And can you remind our listeners what happened to Senator Laila Delima? Okay. 
Well, first, I think I have to uh, say that uh, my, um, you know, strong, committed support for Laila de Lima stems from the fact that he was my student. She was my student at La Salle. So this, like, a teacher's, you know. Wow. Uh, you no know, like, go, You're going full circle as a teacher, you know. And uh, what happened to her? Well, you know, uh, Senator Laila de Lima had a very sterling, brilliant career as Commissioner of Human Rights, as Secretary of Justice, and elected to the Senate uh, number 12, the first time that she uh, run and she won. But, uh, you know, um, she uh, caught the ire of uh, powerful people, and I'm referring to the former president, uh, Rodrigo Duterte, who was also mayor of Davao, because, number one, when she was Secretary of Justice, she investigated the so-called Davao Death Squad. And number two, when she got elected to the Senate and became the uh, head of the Senate Committee on Justice and Human Rights, she uh, immediately launched an investigation of the extrajudicial killings, which is, of course, the centerpiece of Duterte's drug war. Oh, and that was enough, you know, or more than enough to get the guy really fired up. And uh, he said from day one that he will destroy Laila de Lima, you know, and he did. And he and did. He, and he did. And uh, how, was that, how was that done? Well, um, they, uh, he, he, he placed um, Laila de Lima in his drug matrix, you know, that famous drug matrix. And he said that Laila de Lima received money from the drug lords of uh, the National Billeted Prison uh, for her campaign. She was cuddling them. Yeah, yeah. She was she was receiving money from them. Mm -hmm. So uh, the first charge against her was drug trafficking, and because they cannot produce not a single gram of drugs, not a single peso of uh, money, uh, they. The, the, the prosecutor, the Department of Justice changed it to conspiracy to engage in drug trafficking, which they cannot do on huh? because legally you're going to just change, you know, the charges. You have to conduct another uh, investigation so to, to change. But anyway, so it became conspiracy uh, to engage in drug trafficking. And what they did was to uh, parade uh, all these convicted drug lords, convicted of robbery with murder, of kidnapping, of rape, of carnapping, as witnesses against her. And that it, to prove that she engaged in drug trafficking. And of course, also the uh, officer in charge of the um, new Belibid prison or the national Belibid prison, Rafael Ragos, who since then recanted. This has been going on. Uh, for six years now, Amina. She spent the better part of her term yeah. as senator in prison. She was never able, Amina, to, uh, to, to, to discharge the functions of her office, serve a senator of the 13 million who uh, elected her because she, she was elected, uh, well, she uh, took her oath in June of 2016 and then she was arrested February 24, 2017. So that was you know, uh, only six months no, in the Senate yeah. serving as duly elected right. senator and then she was arrested and detained and until now she's there. And so for six years, uh, she's now in her seventh year actually, 
What are you doing, Zoc? I mean, you're, you're okay. starting this, this movement. You're, you're yes. signatures. What do you hope to accomplish? Yes. No, but, yeah, the signatures, I mean, if I may um, be a little bit more, you know, uh, uh, if I can elaborate, it's not just a signature. Uh, uh, what I've done is to come up with, you know, uh, a more holistic strategy. Uh, and we call it the Innocence and Freedom Campaign for Laila de Lima. And it has many components. Number one component is, of course, to uh, broaden the network no, of uh, supporters of those who believe in her innocence. That's one. And uh, what do, how do we do that? Um, just yesterday, we launched the university-wide you know, symposium uh, for the young people to know what's really going on with her. And uh, the uh, lawyer in the legal defense, one of the lawyers uh, participated and uh, shared what's going on in the past six years in her case. And then number two is... Um, we we are uh, collecting signatures for her immediate release and this through change.org. And then number three, uh, we are also encouraging telequentuhan in the Philippines. You know, we love to tell stories, tell stories about her, uh, humanizing her as a mother, as a sister, as a daughter. And then number four, we are also, uh, of course, uh, trying to raise funds for her legal defense because now that she is no longer senator, she's absolutely, she has absolutely nothing in her coffers anymore. And, you know, this has been going on for some time. So we're trying to get, you know, uh, raise funds for her through GoFundMe and through Allah because if uh, she gets bailed out, you know how much it would cost? She has two cases. One each of those cases will cost about two billion, two million pesos because it's trafficking, it's drug trafficking, and that's supposed to be, you know, uh, a high crime, you know. So we're raising funds for that, and we're also uh, trying to get more uh, officials from both uh, the executive, the legislature, to support her at both the national and local levels, and we're also asking the Department of Justice. To you know, ask the prosecutors to you know um, to to uh, speed up, you know, and we're also asking the president to do that in our letter because the Department of Justice is an executive department under him, so he can actually now that he is you know the new president and he's saying he's committed to truth, to justice, to democracy. This is his chance, and there's also so much international pressure, not only national pressure for him. To release Laila Delima, there's already those uh, U.S. senators who actually passed a resolution, and there's the Interparliamentary Union, there's the ASEAN. So there's so much, uh, both national and international pressure. And we're telling him, hey, the world is looking. What I'm really bothered about is the fact that uh, the way they attacked Laila, Senator Laila, was really skewed to the fact that she's female. I mean, they're attacks. Right. Uh, look yeah. at her love life, her, her sex yeah. life. I mean, issues yeah. that would never have been yeah. of yeah. any importance if you were talking yeah. about uh, yeah. a male political leader. Yeah, correct. I mean, if you're going to attack a, a senator like Laila de Lima, and you're going to make charges that she's into uh, drug trafficking, What's her sex life got to do with it? Exactly. 
you're absolutely correct. You know, absolutely correct, Angina. And this, of course, misogyny. And this is, of course, part of patriarchy. It is a, the elephant in the room that has to be addressed. You right. know, that she got involved with this guy, you know, and her sex and blah, blah. And, you know, I, I answer it directly. I answer it frontally and I say, hey. I said, well, what's wrong with getting, with, with being in love with a driver? If yeah, he were, yeah, you know, uh, the ordinary, uh, the ordinary person will not buy that, no, you know. You know that what has sex got to do with it, with with, with <laughs> our political life? You know they will not buy that. Because you know our culture is, you know, uh, we lo they love to, uh, you know, malign women, especially about their sex, you know, behavior. It has nothing to do with our careers, nothing to do with. But they will not buy that. So I frontally address that, and I said, "Yeah, right." I said, "What's wrong with that?" What's wrong with falling in love with a driver? What if she fell in love with a president or had an affair with a president, the vice president, the senator, the congressman, the mayor, the governor? And I said, your president publicly acknowledged that he had an affair with this and that woman whom he brought to the motel because and took a taxi because that's cheaper. And he would kiss women publicly. And he... He admitted to his affairs and he's even living with a woman he's not married to. So and I he's said, applauded, right? He's yeah. Applauded I, I, said, I said, what's wrong with that? And I said, how many of your senators, how many of your congressmen have number two, number three, number four, number five, and even former presidents, no? like, uh, you know, Joseph Estrada, how many? He had six, he had seven, he had eight. Come on, give me a break. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You know, so I, it I doesn't found, matter. You can have a village yeah, yeah. with your prodig so, uh, progeny and so, so, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, you know, I frontally address that. But to me, Amina, the lowest point in the history of the House of Representatives was that hearing in the Committee on Justice that where they feasted on her sex life were yeah, people like, like Parinas, you know, like Speaker Alvarez, like Congressman, he was Majority Floor Leader Parinas, even asked, you know, Ronnie Dayan, the boyfriend what was the intensity of your love making intensity three four five like that and the tragedy of it for me as a feminist that the women were joining in not by asking same questions but laughing smiling didn't even you know protest against such treatment of a fellow woman in the senate look amina how many women stood up for her aside from risa who is, of course, her party mate, and of course, the women's rights activist, who, who, who stood up for her? Did any of the women senators stand up for her? Nobody there. And that, it, to me, is really very, 
what depressing, very frustrating, very infuriating actually. It is actually a form of violence against women. But th but, th that's, but that is not that, that's not even highlighted. Mm -hmm. You know, that, 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 you know, every time a woman, a uh, legislator, a woman legislator, for example, is complimented so-called about her body, or how sexy, or how, you know, attractive, that is sexual harassment. Because our law also covers such remarks. When you were talking about this uh, inequality in, in treatment, I go back to what the Philippine Commission on Women wants to be its slogan for, for the next uh, five, six years. Uh, we for gender equality and inclusive society. So what do you think the Philippine Commission on Women should be doing to educate, the, especially the younger generation? that if you're really talking about gender equality, then we have to be a bit more robust in implementing the norms and the laws that we have that are supposed to, uh, to be the, you know, the, the foundation for gender equality in, in this country. You know, Amina, to tell you very honestly, I'm done with all slogans about this gender <laughs> equality, about this inclusive, you know, society. Look, Amina, I'm 74. I'm going 75. I have been advocating for this gender equality and inclusive society since I can remember, you know. And, 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 and as you mentioned, I've not done it only for the Philippines. I've done it globally. I did it in Pakistan. I was I did it when I was in the UN, and uh, and look where we are, huh? Violence against women, for example, has it been decreasing? You know, every year, Amina, we celebrate. You know, that sixteen days of activism now eighteen. Right, that's days right. Of yeah. Activism to end violence against women. Tell me, how has it ended? How how is our situation now different from the situation? In 1976, when your mom, for example, was still very active. Oh, my due respect for your mother because she was uh, our ally in the Senate and we were pushing for, uh, you know, the, the for that national law on uh, women's development and gender development. And that is why we have opening, this... Opening the Philippine Military Academy yeah. to, yeah. to yeah. young women, which the yeah. cadets really hated. Yeah, and, and by the way, Amina, the reason why we have this Women's History Month is because of that law, you know, which her mom, you know, passed, and which, of course, with uh, Senator Shahani and all the rest. Uh, you know, if only your mom can be in this forum, what will if she say? If only. If yeah, only. Our question really should be the so what question. So what yeah. if we do all these campaigns? So what if we do all these celebrations? So what if we have all these slogans? What happens? I think that is the question. That is the challenge for us women. You know, so, of course, I, I will keep on advocating until I drop dead. So I'd like you to, to share your message with, uh, with our listeners as we celebrate Women's Month. You, you know, with, with all my frustrations, 
with all my you know um, my anger with all my I still remain you know optimistic I still remain hopeful that you know uh, the world will be a better place for women and for the young you know women for the girls um, because of our continuous you know battle well uh, our continuous resistance you know to uh, all kinds of, uh, of inequality, it, it will. I mean, you know, but as I said, I hope the women after us will do a better job in the sense that uh, they will be more, you know, results-oriented, that there will be more results of, uh, of their effort. We, we have to be wiser, you know. We have to be more strategic. We have to... I think be more um, more more focused on uh, grassroots coalition building. I agree. Uh, because, yeah, because th- th- there is where the, really the rubber hits the road. I mean, I mean, uh, both of us we are university educated, urban based, middle class women, you know. But um, you know, learning from all the field work that I've done, especially in Barm. Wow, you know, I know that uh, we here in Manila, we don't have the reason to complain huh, about uh, all this inequality that they're suffering from because they live it. We talk about it, but we don't live it. My message is continue the resistance, but not only Never that. Give up. No, no, no. And also that we have to work for reforms, that we have to continue. Uh, Continue ensuring that our efforts have, you know, something to show. Amina, I'm writing a book that I'm dedicating to my two granddaughters. Now, I'm not, I'm, I'm not uh, doing it uh, for, you know, publication so that I will, uh, you know, earn more royalty or, you know, when I was a professor to publish a page. No, I'm writing a book for them. I want them to know who I am. And my dedication is this, Amina. And it's not very original. It's the same people have said this already. I want to tell my two granddaughters, when you're down and out, get up and remember whose granddaughter you are. Yeah. So they, you know, because that's, that's a legacy. They have to continue. They have to continue resisting. If our, our listeners, particularly our Filipino listeners, uh, would like, to sign and support uh, Laila de Lima, where can they find the petition? Okay, it is in change.org. They can easily, you know, uh, go to that website and change.org and find that there are many petitions there. Ours is, you know, uh, free Laila now. And she has a picture. She has a, they, they, they will never go uh, wrong because there's that picture. That, and they will only have to click you know, sign the petition and write, put their name and uh, give a message if they want to. And presto, we are, you are part of, you know, the signatories demanding for immediate release. Thank you so much, Sok. So, dear listeners, uh, you heard uh, my dear friend, uh, Sok Reyes, fighter extraordinaire, human rights activist, if um, if you can, do please go to change.org and uh, look up free Lila 
And uh, do please uh, support the petition to speed up the wheels of justice for Senator Laila De Lima. So thank you so much, Sok. So dear listeners, I hope you had fun and learned a lot listening to uh, Dr. Socorro Reyes, uh, Sok Reyes of the Philippines. And um, as Sok said, keep fighting. Change is a coming, right, Sok? Yes, definitely. As you know, as Laila said, you know, may I just say something? You know, if you cannot run, you walk. If you cannot, if you cannot walk, you crawl. But definitely, you have to move. So thank you very much, Amina. Always a joy to talk to you. Thanks, Sok. So, dear listeners, you heard it here. Move, move, move. Never give up the fight. This is Amina Rasul of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy wishing everybody a happy Women's Month and see you on She Talks Peace next week. Bye! She Talks Peace is brought to you in partnership with Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. For more information, check out their website at podcastnetwork.asia and podmetrics.co. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. When she got elected to the Senate and became the uh, head of the Senate Committee on Justice and Human Rights, she uh, immediately launched an investigation of the extrajudicial killings, which is, of course, the centerpiece of Duterte's drug war. Oh, and that was enough, you know, more than enough to get the guy really fired up. And uh, he said from day one that he will destroy Laila de Lima. You know, and he did. Like Congressman, he was Majority Floor Leader Farinas, even asked, you know, Ronnie Diane, the boyfriend, what was the intensity of your lovemaking? Intensity is three, four, five, like that. And the tragedy of it for me as a feminist, the women were joining in, not by asking same questions, but laughing, smiling, didn't even you know, protest against such treatment of a fellow woman. We celebrate, you know, that 16 days of activism, now 18. Right, that's days right. Of yeah. Activism to end violence against women. Tell me, how has it ended? How, how is our situation now different from the situation in 1976?